I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hi, this is Rob Paulson, voice actor, and you folks are listening to Nerdy Show. Don't you have good taste? Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. And this is our annual Final Boss episode celebrating the top 20 nerdy things of the year. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Brandon. Hey, I'm Doug. I'm John. Every year we do a Final Boss episode, and that's where we unveil the top 20 nerdy things of the year. And this list, this annual list we do, is very, very difficult to put together, and it celebrates much like Nerdy Show, every facet of nerddom. And usually every year, I forget that I'm supposed to contribute to it because I'm a very bad employee. That's okay. As good or bad as this list may be, I had no Well, I just had to remind you that we even did one last year and that you drank whiskey every time someone said the word nerdy. There's a reason I can't remember doing it last year, That's probably why I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know, I know. I don't remember what I did yesterday. I have a fish memory. I'm just saying that's the the mirthful attitude of Brandon. That's, That's just Brandon. Yay! I'm just me. We're judging things of great and significant relevance against things that, to say the world at large or history or humanity, might not really matter at all. We're judging (laughs) it exclusively by nerdiness. Mm -hmm. So we'll see profound scientific feats compared with all kinds of pop culture randomness. And this list, as it is every year, was oh so very challenging to put together. Because uh, we basically, we come up with the list, we whittle it down to what's got to be there, we cast votes, and then ultimately assemble it in an order that we can live with at the end of the day. None of it makes any damn sense. And this recording is going to be especially great for me because I have no idea what's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, awesome. I'm ready to yeah, hear what the first thing is. down to number one. I'm ready. I want to hear number 20. I, I'm ready to go. You'll be happy with number 20, I think. Uh, I just I just hope maybe there's some video games or space thrown in this list. <laughs> video as games our, as our, You're going to be happy with number or, 20. Or video games on <laughs> space. I was say right now, you'll be happy with number 20. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I think you just picked two things that are guaranteed to be on the I list th- at all times. I think we times. peaked at 20. There's, so not, always, like, there's all, not always some nerdy things having to do with space. Every year. Every year. Yeah. Or, or video games. Well, so. some, some runners up that deserve some honorable mentions. We got um, the first real hoverboard was debuted to the world. It's a bit of a challenging product because it can only operate on some surfaces. It's Kickstarter, and uh, it won't actually be available to the public until next year. Unfortunately, well, every- it, only, it only works for a minute when you jump off a building with it, but once you hit the ground, it stops working. <laughs> 
Like everyone knows boards don't work on water. So I don't know why you're well, surprised. Well, that will never the, the, work the, on yeah, water. The answer is <laughs> boards don't work on anything but a very specific surface. Is because this right. board does not have enough power. No. <laughs> that's right. That, that's why. The, or do you mean power? Like, yeah. yeah you unless you got Bojo? power. That's why the next stage of this is you got to add the rockets to it. <laughs> that's yeah. right. But there might be some applications with, say, um, transporting large objects around warehouses like especially like designed. Like Solo and the yeah. Carbonite. Why exactly. are we still yeah. trying to make hoverboards when we could totally make drones and we just stand in the middle of the drone and just it just flies well, around? I've seen that and that doesn't work yeah, too well they either. they have been doing that. There's actually a like hover bike that's coming out. That's Can you combine a Segway? Like a Segway with a drone. Do it. Segways don't fly. Yeah, but they keep your balance. That's like saying, let's combine uh, a steamroller <laughs> with a drone. It's like, this sir, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, I don't literally mean duct tape a drone <laughs> to a Segway. but just steamroller drones. Immune to Silence came out, the debut album by The Returners, the VGM band that kind of took the world by storm last year. A lot of hard work realized for this little ragtag group out of Austin who's now like playing at PAX and everything. Hmm. So we'll hear something from them later. Legend of Korra, seasons three and four, both out this year due to some bizarre um, Stuff that actions by, uh, by Nickelodeon, some really inexplicable hmm. actions. But the end result is we have two seasons of the best dramatic animation that's ever been on television or in this case on the internet since that's where most of season four was relegated <laughs> but i mean there's never been anything like it it was a little bit of a bumpy start for the series but seasons three and four wow i mean if you haven't checked out cora yeah, I, check I out cora i haven't finished yet i can't wait you're saying it's good it's, it's the best i usually yeah, trust your judgment i, I so. honestly feel that it has trumped avatar the last airbender what we produced a man-made leaf this year excuse me a leaf that wasn't grown by a tree Perhaps Which John. incidentally has uh, uses in space travel. How the hell do you make a leaf? I assume it's grown in a lab using tree DNA. Or tree DNA, as they call it. Clearly <laughs> magics. So wizardry, thanks. It is wizardry, and it is in fact actually green. It's based off of chloroplasts. But how? Like in a microwave? When it doesn't look, it looks, dish? It looks <laughs> yeah, like they just cooked it. <laughs> it's like fucking heat that shit up. It family. looks like a manufactured leaf. It doesn't look like a regular <clears throat> leaf. You, you, you won't look at it and you'll say, oh, yes, that fell from a tree. Yeah. You know? And you'll I say, oh, it's like what a, have science wrought? Okay. So we're not God level yet. Is it like a clone of a leaf? Like, is it supposed to be like a natural leaf or is it just perform the tasks that a leaf does? That one. Okay. Wait, you could get some sheet metal and it'll perform the tasks. No, 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 no. no. You gotta, <laughs> oh, wait, it needs, to, it needs to absorb sunlight. You gotta go back yeah. to school, man. The <laughs> no, thing I'm, is, I'm is that it actually can take in carbon dioxide and turn it into oxygen, which is why I said that it was purposeful for space. Oh. How it, you now, can use it as a scrubber. How much did it cost to make it? A bazillion. Then we're never gonna bazillion, get it. It's like, one, ain't gonna happen. No, 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 one, so. one leaf, one leaf costs... The government, a billion dollars. Ultimately, it's carbon-based, so it shouldn't really be, oh, too terribly difficult if they're ever actually manufacturing them in any sort of quantity. You know, I just assume that whatever the first one was, you know, it's like the million-dollar burger, right? But how much money would it really cost if (laughs) they had actually perfected the process? I remember the million-dollar burger tastes like shit. And they said that no, no, that's I, because they didn't synthesize fats because fats are actually more difficult to do than proteins. Yeah, and so they didn't say it tastes like shit. Burger. They said it tasted like meat. It's just the texture. Well, they called was it schmeat because it was meat that tastes like shit. You're making stuff. I up swear again. to God, <laughs> I'm he's, not, he's actually. I'm not making, not making that I heard, up. I heard the same report. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I saw the video. I I I, I went, like an idiot. I sat there and watched the live like broadcast of when they <laughs> ate it, 
And I'm like, like, oh my god, because my life rides on this. Yeah, it was like it was like the space launch. There was space launches like waiting from across the lake for the the guys in a chair to like eat it. I had to hear the news. Was it edible? And the answer was yes. Oh yeah, it's edible. But of course, but but of course, it was a promotional thing. So I should have known better than to just trust the first word that came out. John, (laughs) what country made this leaf? Because I I promise America didn't spend the time and resources creating a leaf. For environmental purposes. America doesn't fund anything hardly anymore. <laughs> Obviously, it's a private institution. Only the private sector will be able to breathe in space in the future, people. <laughs> there you go. And, of course, Mario Kart 8. It obviously didn't make it to the list because we're talking about it now, but I feel... That game is really fun. You I have mean, stuff yeah. better than that on the list? Because even my, girl, even, subjective. Even yeah, my girlfriend yeah. wants to get a Wii U just for that. Mario Kart 8 <clears throat> is a game that is perhaps, for my money, the best game that came out this year. But, you know, how nerdy is it? Well, it's Nintendo, but I think we can go nerdier. I think we can. And uh, let me tell you guys how this is going to break down because we're about to embark on this list journey right now. Mm-hmm. Every topic, we got 20 topics to get through. Every topic is going to get three minutes. When the time is up, we move on, no matter what. And you want me on this episode? You, three minutes a topic, you really? Did it last year, and you were drunk. Oh, jeez. It's probably okay. Well, someone will <laughs> I have to I want to add time. another thing onto the pre list, though. Honest to God. What you got? The Open Worm Project. <laughs> What's that? Hey, John, I've got an open worm for you. Ugh. <laughs> it's my penis. Oh, God. <laughs> I should have realized this would happen. It's a gaping it, penis. Ugh. <laughs> It, well, it's related. Actually, they had mapped out the nematode brain, basically all 300 plus neurons. And the point is, is that they actually ran that as a computer program, simulating the brain and plugged it into a Lego robot. Wait, do we have robots running around acting like nematodes now? Are they just yes. trying to absorb people and murder them? It, no, that doesn't have the capacities to do that. The whole point is, though, is that there was no coding going on. But when it would run into the walls, it would automatically back up and readjust and try to, like, find a path forward. And they hadn't coded any behavior into it. That's pretty huge. This is the first time hearing this. Yeah, yeah. I was reading about it earlier. Cap, can you do a needle drop of the Terminator theme right there? Just the... Because Why you just did it? Because it's better than it's, it's not as good when I do it with my mouth. It has to, you have to wow. hear it. To the, you know. So they, no, I, I like they're it. figuring out cybernetic brains slowly, starting with nematodes, and then they're just gonna keep going bigger. It's like on one hand that's really cool, on the other hand it's a little terrifying. Wait, haven't they already mapped the human brain? Can't they do that? No, no. no. Oh, I'm thinking of the they, genome. Yeah, Sorry. they mapped the genome, man. Which incidentally, we have now started projects to map all the other ohms of the body, including the uh, bacteria one and the neuromapping of the entire human body etc does the worm know it's a robot though i mean seriously that's why it's so incredible it's a huge philosophical question mark now <laughs> if it's literally just a copy of the same neurons and it's With behaving all the correct yeah, weights and if it's behaving just like a worm what is this metal body like, what is it i mean is a worm why, even conscious why can't i feel my heart we gotta move on and we're running out, we're running out is, of time. you're asking some very big questions doug it's yeah. gonna take more than a single episode to manage that yeah. do you have the new microchip doritos on the list the ones that actually look like microchips but they're doritos you're making this yeah, up yeah i'm making it up <laughs> all that right sounds tastes like, like a really silicon. great product though i'm starting the clock number 20 alien isolation Video games and space in one. That's what I was saying. Cap, how did you like it? Because I know I like it. Um, But I let you play it for just a couple hours. Yeah, I I took it away from you. If I have the time this holiday season, I'm going to buy a PS4 and I'm going to use it to watch Powers, the Brian Michael Bendis show, and play Alien Isolation. It is certainly nerdy to make a video game about a franchise that really is as old as when when the first early Alien movie came out. To make a game... 
based on a movie to have that same tone. There's been many Alien games. This, what this makes is like the best? What, one. what qualifies this is it's it's a beautiful and incredible game. It's the first game out of all the Alien games actually based on the first Aliens film. And right. it's scary as shit. I've rarely, if even, encountered the Alien yet, but. The sound effects are the main character. If you have headphones, you should really. You know, I played listen it in a crowded room at E3, and I was terrified. Yeah, due in large part to the creative assembly who developed the game and uh, the incredible work they put into it. Sega produced it, right? Se- Se- Which no, I was really uh, worried. Sega about it. published it. Sega published oh, okay, the, the last failed Alien game. That's why I was worried. They're, they're just they're the license holder for for publishing, but it was developed by the creative assembly, and they put a lot of love into this. They had a rule. Where if a prop couldn't be made in 1979 with the things they had around, they wouldn't make it either. Yeah, I heard that. That's I, I love them for doing that. And to create period authentic distortion in the in-game monitors, they recorded their in-game animations on VCRs and Betamax and then filmed those sequences, playing them on a old curvy portable TV and adjusting the tracking settings. Is that how they did that, it? I because did, uh, that I did not hear. That, that was, is amazing. That was legit because... <laughs> I mean, I, I kept seeing the tracking lines during scenes. I was wondering how they, because like in the promos and everything, it all made it look really good. Like it looks so authentic. Because they were real. Very they were real yeah, tracking that's, lines. That's, and there's two downloadable things that let you play as the crew of the Nostromo with almost all the original actors. Right. Including Sigourney Reaper. I need, it's only a few dollars. I need to get it. The upgrade, yes. And, and the game itself, very cool in continuity. You play as Ripley's daughter 15 years after, I guess, she leaves Earth. Who did she awesome. have a oh, daughter with? Aw. We got, we got to move on. Okay. We got to move right, on. 19. Num- number 19. Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge. TV show on the Sci-Fi Network. I saw it once. It was really cool. But it, I'm not really into reality shows. That's why I didn't watch it. Because <laughs> I didn't want to see Jim Henson's stuff like on reality TV and, and then feel like bummed out. So, what, so I'm it, guessing it's good. It is. You know, Sci-Fi has done a lot of despicable, very typical things with reality TV. And this show, it has... Many of the tropes of reality TV, <laughs> but it's all done at an acceptable level, I gotta say. Mm. And it's actually a show that was fun to watch, and I was excited for it every week. I've never felt this way about a competition-based reality show before, ever. It basically took the format of Project Runway and removed all of the bullshit. Hmm. Can you explain the premise? What does it have to actually do with Jim Henson? There's a bunch of hobbyist puppeteers who want to work for Jim Henson's Creature Shop. They came to... The studio in oh, Burbank. Oh, so it's basically like tryouts. They, well, they, yeah. they see what they can do. But, it, made but it. it's a competition-based show. So they'll do... That seems very stressful. I feel I oh, would freak out. And they were making them do projects that took months in one to three days. The longest anything I remember took was three days. And they were building full-scale puppets. Some of them full-body puppets. All of them almost had animatronics. It was really hard work. And these people did a killer job. I mean... There was drama. There was interpersonal drama because, of course, you know, they hired some people who are going to have personalities that clash. But the thing was, is that unlike other reality shows, those people were not kept in by producers simply because that clash was good for ratings. They got kicked the fuck out when when it was time for them to leave. They were given an honest chance and then they were gone. Good. I would have just made a Skeksy. There was a challenge to make a Skeksy. What? Yeah. They were like, Gexies was ejected from the Crystal Palace and wandered for hundreds of years in a different biome, and their body has adapted. So each of you are going to be randomly given a different biome what? to adapt into this brand new Skeksis that you create. Okay, I would see... <laughs> I would watch that episode. <laughs> yeah. 
I believe you can watch all of it on Hulu now, if not everything else that you can stream shows on. But um, it's a really cool show, and that's just one of the many different cool competitions they had. There was one about making uh, hunting trophies of fantasy creatures. Oh, that like, sounds awesome. You know, like all talking like the buffalo head at Country Bear Jamboree or whatever. <laughs> Wait, you had to make yeah. them talk? Well, yeah. So it could be like trophies that, the, that predators have in their ships, but like talking, like skulls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would have made Danny Glover's head. <laughs> but, he, but he won. I'm just saying, like maybe sometime no. someone went back, got his head, and he's just and like, "That's it. I'm too old for this shit on the wall." <laughs> I've never recommended a reality show in my Don't life. Don't talking about a cap. Eighteen. I, I recommend that. All one. right, well, number number eighteen. 13. Universal Studios Diagon Alley. For this, I defer to John. Yup. They took Jaws <laughs> for this. They, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how I, I'm like. Jaws not happy. This. Yeah, I'm like, I, that's that's kind of why I haven't gone. Jaws away for this shit? I'm not shit. boycotting it. I just like Jaws better than Harry Potter. That's at the end of the day. I heard it was good if you had a lot of money. Well, what Life is, there? is good if you have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it isn't. It sounds like, by all accounts, the most interactive, immersive theme park experience around. When they were first making the Hogsmeade area, there was the rumor that they were going to try and incorporate the technology where if you have a wand, you could actually interact with the environment. No, they do. But, they do. But, well, wait, so... It, yeah, Hogsmeade it does. I, I know the it, I well, I yes, know the now, guy. Now that's made a thing. It. Right. Like because it wasn't a thing when it first right. opened, but now and, and it now, is. Now it really is. There, there right, are and there okay. are certain spots throughout the parks now where you stand on the symbol and you wave your wand a certain pattern and things will happen. Things will right. move or talk or breathe fire or whatever. Yeah, and I know the guy who worked on a lot of props for that and animatronics, and he told me that it's so detailed. They made literally thousands and thousands and thousands of highly detailed props that no one will ever see that are on like the second and third floors of buildings that you're not allowed into anyway. And they're just sitting it's in there. True. You can see some of them in the windows, but there's just shelves and shelves and shelves of hundreds and thousands of these items, like all for movies and things that you will never see unless somehow they bring them out or down. I'm sure they're going to have like, they're there in case they decide to do something. With he them. Was, I was even like, yeah. why did they do this? And he's like, I don't know. They just told us to make because they're these. trying to plan ahead because all of Anders wand shop is so freaking popular. It's only mm. a matter of time before they say, now open there's this and it's like a little shop that you can go into just to experience Here, the here's what you should do if you go to diagon alley or any of the new harry potter stuff run the fuck up the stairs when you go in a building or a shop to the floors you're not allowed to be in because what's <laughs> yeah, gonna okay, happen great. they kick you out that's great but you'll get to see some shit no one else does maybe even grab something well we got 45 seconds john mm -hmm. tell us about all the incredible stuff that's there you've been there you would not even know walking through universal that the thing was there it almost looks like you're going into a bathroom the only reason why i knew that it was there was because i was there when it was being made and i also saw a shit ton of people going in that didn't make any rational sense you pop in, you're all of a sudden freaking there in the alley. And Nocturne Alley is so dark and obscure that I can actually see people going and never knowing that it's there. It's hidden. Which so is it's, nice. a, so it's, it's authentic. actually hidden. Authentic yeah. is it, what it is saying. actually <laughs> hidden and authentic. And the shop is so dark. I mean, if you had trouble seeing, you would have trouble seeing. Isn't there a holographic like entrance you walk through so no one can tell it's there? Something there that looks like illusion, a rock. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess you want to get to answer that question, uh, John. Hey, suffice it to say, come to Orlando <laughs> and visit us and check out Diagon Alley because we barely scratched the, the surface, tips. honestly. Will you, will you bring so like there. a Galdap costume and a backpack, change, and, and then go into one of the stores? He's, he'll well, still look like the most normal like, person where, where visiting. I? I can't do Galdap. You do the Galdap. I'm going be confused. You do a whippersnapper. Uh, I didn't even get to the animatronic crazies. You do know uh, he'll fit in then if he does that because everyone's dressed up. John, I'm going to give you 30 bonus seconds. Rattle off more stuff that's there. 30 boners. Fire. Large breathing dragon, probably using the same gas line that Jaws did. The uh, no. crazy <laughs> banking system. They actually have animatronics that will answer your questions. Are about, they all Willow? Like, what? Are they all yeah, Willow? Willow. Oh, Ward, Ward Davis. Davis. 
Yeah, Willow. That's yes, what I said. they are in fact all Warwick Davis. <laughs> uh, but you can ask them ridiculous stuff about exchange rates and all sorts of stuff, and they'll actually answer you. Well, that's what I want to pay to to go to an amusement park and it, ask about exchange it, yeah. rates. And, and of course, <laughs> I, if you I pay, know. it's like ultimate authentic. It's incredible. If you pay for a two park pass, you get to ride on the train and you don't just see right. God, random crap out the window. It's actually all screens and you see the countryside. And if you look closely, you can catch random Easter egg stuff hidden in there. It's Ooh. ridiculously detailed. Anyway, moving on to number 17, Darth Vader runs in the Ukraine election. Excuse me? Now, he didn't win, right? He did not win, no. Okay. There's still a Ukraine? Uh, well, you know, it's been a rough year for the Ukraine, and uh, this guy- They needed a new leader in command. That's generally the idea, <laughs> and Ukraine's had a rough time since 2012, actually, where the parliamentary election was viewed by domestic scholars and analysts as signaling the end of Ukrainian democracy. Ouch. And this guy has been active since then, but made waves this year when he went from attempting to run for president, attempting to run for mayor, and then finally, parliament. And uh, it's a dude who actually changed his name to Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> Darth Alexvanievich Vader from the Internet Party of the Ukraine. Wow. Oh, so it wasn't like a, a Mickey Mouse write-in where they're like, oh, I vote for Mickey Mouse for Bugs Bunny. There's a dude named Darth Vader. And he actively campaigned in their professionally produced campaign commercials, which I'm going to show you guys now and which we're going to link to on this episode's does it, page. Does he actually like try to be Darth Vader? It's just a force name. choke somebody? Yeah. I guess we're about to find out. Yeah. Like, uh, watch what I can do to Russia. <laughs> so we just watched the three. That Darth was pretty Vader awesome. I, I was I was surprised, impressed, and uh, he's got my vote. Are we gonna have a link to that? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be linking. To oh that. man, I would have voted if I was allowed to uh, vote. His parliamentary uh, co-candidates uh, consisted of Yoda, Padme Amidala, Chewbacca, and Palpatine. There... But now wait, were those people's names though? There's not a lot of details. I, we know he changed his name, but I, the others probably changed their names as well. <laughs> That's. I hope that that is all true and that they changed their names because that that is amazing. Uh, he promised voters that if he should enter parliament, he would usher in electronic government and transform the Ukraine into, quote, a galactic empire. When I, <laughs> when I get into parliament, I will expel all the deputies. They have proven their uselessness. Computers will work in their place and they will fulfill their functions without cease. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> when are we going to get the internet party in uh, in America? Because this is a... Uh... I don't know, but they seem like, uh, like a stand-up uh, group of people. Their party flag is an at sign on a lime green background. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they want to computerize the entire country, minimize bureaucracy, and uh, transition to digital media away from paperwork and give free PC courses and foreign language courses for all citizens. You know what? That sounds really good. That yeah. makes sense because Ukraine, the only way they can survive Russia is probably to only have a government on the internet. Then they won't need land. They'll all exist online. Well, except Vader's very interested in the land, as you can see by him oh, yeah. gripping the soil and saying, this is my land. He has a lightsaber. <laughs> Which he digs it into the earth with like a broadsword of yore. <laughs> mm. It's a pretty it's cool campaign. Impressive. We'll, we'll link to more videos. It's most uh, impressive. It's professionally he, he done. Had, um, it's it's really pretty. He, he would campaign on top of a black van playing the Imperial March and shooting flame into the air. <laughs> well, was, by, any, was he dressed as Darth yeah. Vader there yeah, too? Yeah, flanked by stormtroopers. Aww. Well, that, that's the time. But uh, in closing, he uh, I'm looking into he, it more. He, oh, he was man. he was denied a vote because he wouldn't take his mask off. And he was also denied several other things because he wouldn't take his mask off. And his, his man oh, said, Ukraine says they're I, democracy. That's Bantha Poodoo, sir. That is that is a load of poodoo. <laughs> uh, they said, you know, like, well, he takes mask off. He can't he can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> that was his response. Someone else should run his Bane next year. <laughs> <laughs> 
is that enough for your face? I, <laughs> is that, does that mean the quota? Gonna, it's just going to be another mask, and he's not going to get voted in again. No, no, I'm not saying he should mask. run as Bane. Someone else should run as Bane. So Bane and Vader, you got two guys with the mask on, just like, <laughs> but they no can't, one cared they who can't. I was until I put on the mask. No, no, no. Because then they'd split the vote. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's the reason why he, <laughs> he, 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 he totally didn't win this time. Darth mm. Vader could have had a chance if they hadn't split the vote between him and the commies. Bane should be his running mate. Do we, do we have the numbers on how Vader, close Vader he got? Bane, 2016. I tried really hard to find out how exactly he did, but unfortunately, all American media stopped publicizing it, and uh, it's been it's been because they don't it, want us to get the wrong idea. If you guys actually know how he did in the parliamentary elections this uh, that late October, I would love to know. Yeah, we got to move on. on this episode's page number sixteen, the community episode, GI Jeff. Damn, I didn't see that one. Oh, you, holy fuck. You guys missed out. G.I. Jeff. Yeah. Oh, wait, is that it's the an, one that's it's animated? animated. Yeah. yeah. Like the uh, 80s like the or 90s? Show. 90s? It, it, 80s. 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 G.I. Joe, Joe, real American hero, faithful recreation of the... I mean, they did that in Too Many Cooks. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, God, I hope that's on the list. Uh, well, and it's it's not. I can oh, spoil spoiler alert. Sake, too Many Cooks is not cooks. on the list. Brilliant, though it is, but not on the list. Anyway, G.I. Jeff, in, you know, in, in 2011, another community episode placed on our list at number 10, Community's episode Advanced Dungeons and Dragons was there. This one, it is almost entirely animated and very faithfully in the style of Real American Hero. Directed by uh, Rob Schrab, who uh, is creator of the uh, comic character Scud Disposable Assassin, uh, co-author of Monster House, the film, and uh, written by Dino Stamatopoulos, a.k.a. Starburns, a.k.a. creator of Moral Oral. Hmm. And Starburns, um, that's Starburns. He did that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The characters all got GI Joe code names like Tight Ship, Buzzkill, Three Kids, Wingman, and Fourth Wall. <laughs> <laughs> did they? Help? Wow. There's a character called Fourth Wall. Yeah. Um, can you guess who it is? Yeah, I can. <laughs> um, is it okay? So is it done like are they at war? Or is it literally just them drawn in the style, but they're in their school? No, they're at war. They're 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 <laughs> fighting Cobra. A uh, spoiler alert: the whole thing's a, a a dream in Jeff's head when he uh, drinks a bottle of Scotch whiskey and takes anti aging pills from Koreatown. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out after this and see if I can get the same outcome. You're, in my brain. you're gonna go to Little Saigon and get a yeah. get some Scotch and a. I don't know what the hell anti aging pills are, but and, I'll find them. This was done with full cooperation from Hasbro. Wow, that would that's yeah. pretty cool. And they kill people in it. And Hasbro was cool with it. <laughs> they even duplicated the freaking commercials from the time period as yeah, well. They, Are you there's, serious? There's toy commercials. Yeah. There's live action <laughs> toy commercials. They're beautiful. Oh, man. And like the way that they orchestrated the story was also just pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really neat kind of mind bending mystery narrative because aside from me just having spoiled what caused it, as far as Jeff's concerned, that's his reality. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I leave this show right now to watch that? Or you can just cut this and come back in like thirty minutes. Well, maybe it. maybe listeners will do that. But yeah, uh, yeah. and community uh, though canceled is coming back to Yahoo of all places. Why this was it? Year. I didn't I didn't realize it's actually canceled. Well, low I television ratings because no one watches television on the television. So, oh, you're gonna time. have to hold your question yep. for forever. Yep, I'll never know. I'll never <laughs> no, know the answer. No, you're gonna take it to your grave, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Number fifteen. The entirety of Final Fantasy VII recreated in Little Big Planet. The entire oh, game. Oh shit! I heard this was created in Little Big Planet too, and the third one just came out, and I think right. it was completely imported. Yeah, with it, updated it, stuff. anything from Little Big Planet two is playable in Little Big Planet. How 3. I I have have you seen it? Yes. How how how? Oh man. Okay. Are there cutscenes? So wait a minute. Yes. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> so we're saying the entirety of the game. In other words, you can play. Final Fantasy VII, the game in Little Big Planet, or this is just you just recreate cutscenes and you recreate as in locations. All dialogue, game mechanics, score. Are uh, there random battles? 
i.e. musics. I don't think I don't think they're random, but but they're a battle. But yeah, battles, representational battles of the enemies and the locations. Do you get like levels, uh, or is it just no? But it's representation. It's not yeah, the actual it, it's, game. It's representational, but it's also at relative scale. Everything's there. Okay. It's all the like pieces, the whole world. The narrative, the battle system is all there. Weird. <laughs> How the fuck do you all make the dialogue, that? It, all it, of I that. had trouble making a side-scrolling thing, and that's what the main game is. And it's, I mean, warping the perception of Final Fantasy VII into the Little Big Planet format. It's pretty mind-bending and actually very confusing. I haven't <laughs> messed around with Little Big Planet since the first one, so I mean, you, you, in the second one, that's when shit started hitting the fan because people started making first-person adventure games. Yeah. Don't ask how, but they did, and they were pretty great. Someone made the first Zelda game. You know, you go into this thing, and suddenly it becomes overhead. Yeah. And it's the whole Zelda, and you're walking around with your little tiny That's sword crazy. stabbing things. Little Big Planet is one of Sony's really, really great geniuses of, of video game engineering. Do the characters of Little Big Planet, did they make them look like the characters from the you game? You can change them to whatever you want. They were actually official Final Fantasy VII skins. But but they look, like, how accurate? Does it just look like a Sackman version of the character? Or yeah. no, it looks yeah, like I mean, the character? Every, everything is textured, I mean, and you're not going to get polygon textures. Every, everything okay. is the Little Big Planet version of it. It's all cobbled right. together. It's I mean, all okay, weird okay. looking. To be fair, like probably, universe. it probably looks a lot better than Final Fantasy but, VII you know, at this He point. made a freaky-looking, you know, one-winged Angel Sephiroth monstrosity in Little Big Planet. And how did he make the whole game? There's 113 videos cataloged. Is there a train this. at the a, beginning? It's a guy named Jamie Colliver. Yes, all the cutscenes are there, everything. I need to get the little battle system. You can you can it. attack, you can do um, magic, materia, summons, support, command, is um, limit okay. breaks. I have to ask this very important question. Is Knights of the Round in it? I believe that every summon is in the game. Oh, yeah. geez. I, I mean, wanted to play the game again, but we'll, now I can play this We'll link version. to where you can check this out, You can where, where you can also play the game, you can watch them play the game, but it's crazy in scope. It's kind of mind-boggling because... Why didn't they make it so Eris doesn't die no, this we're done. time? We're done. Aww. <laughs> He could have saved Eris. As a final note, it took him over two years to do this. Wow. So basically the time between Little Big Planet 2 and 3. Yes. Okay. <laughs> What's next? Number 14, the Gravity Falls episode, Little Gift Shop of Horrors. Gravity Falls, if you're not familiar with it, is an animated series. It's very dark, it's very weird, and it has lots and lots of in-jokes. Now, this was a uh, Tales from the Crypt sort of thing with Grunkle Stan narrating three different stories. It's a great episode altogether, but two of these three standout stories are extremely nerdy in their scope. Most notably, the story of Baconings, in which uh, Waddles the Pig eats this uh, special mushroom that enhances your intelligence, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson voices his text-to-speech machine <laughs> that he builds. Really? Yeah. I've seen the clips of that one, yeah. You know, there's lines like, This isn't right! The pig goes oink! Now, the pig goes wherever he can shine the light of knowledge into the darkness of ignorance. <laughs> and that sounds like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Forgive me, my pig arms are cute and useless. <laughs> wow. He builds the Smarticle Accelerator. <laughs> it's an incredible episode, and that segment is followed by a short called Clay Day, which is a tribute to the stop-motion animations of uh, Ray Harryhausen. Oh, okay, so not Andrew Dice Clay. No, no. Okay, because lives work. They <clears throat> meet up with a guy named Harry Claymore who uh, put together these old stop-motion films and the entire episode fuses their 2D animation and stop-motion animation interacting oh, weird. with each other. I'm it's, trying to picture that in my head. It hurts a little. It's, it's like Picturing them, anything in my head hurts. You know, grabbing and jumping around with the, the claymation stuff. I'm mm -hmm. sure it was a pain in the ass to animate. So they had 2D cells and then they incorporated 3D stop animation yeah, with uh, it? Yeah, over them, yeah. Yeah, and, okay, and layered in between them as well, okay. yeah. Really like that cool guy, stuff. like that old guy on Sesame Street on the, uh, he's on the little glass of water that moves around. What was his name? 
Well, I don't... <laughs> how do you even remember that? What, what are you saying to me? <laughs> no, that's a thing. That's a thing that I yeah. remember for point one second. What was his name, dude? I don't glass man of water. I don't know. It's gonna dude, drive me I crazy. Didn't, I didn't even know he had a name. I didn't know he was a real. Thing. He was. A, well, you thought you dreamed him up? Yes. No, man. Actually, he's on Sesame Street. I'm not a fan of Sesame Street. It scared me as a child. <laughs> I, don't, I won't tell you why, but it had to do with the NES as well. Anyway. The en- what? Anyway. That's anyway. a story for another time. Yeah, it another, is a story for another, another, time, time, another time. One one that hopefully someday people can witness in horror. As so, the, so the third part of that episode, uh, it was uh, uh, was not nerdy. It, no, it was it was great. It was a short called Hands Off. It was kind of referential of e- some stuff from Evil Dead and Labyrinth. But uh, that's nerdy as shit. Sure it is, but uh, it just didn't have it compared to uh, a Baconings and uh, Clay Day. But all in all, like a Man. great episode and a great series, which is only getting better. Anyway, what's number? What's the next one? Number thirteen around. Corey Johnson's album Earthbound. Of course, Earthbound is the classic Super Nintendo game, and many, many people have produced many, many albums and many, many songs based on the original score for the game. But this one, Cat played a bit for me, and it scares me. It's vastly different. This is a quote from Corey Johnson, who made the album. He says, While the game is known for its quirkiness and humor, it's also known for its philosophical undertones about the nature of evil, the corruption of power, and the loss of innocence. These rearrangements focus more on the latter than the former. <laughs> he has the death song when you completely die in battle, and he put words to it. And it just it sounds like Tom Waits. Well, the words he put to it is a uh, uh, <laughs> Ultimate Warriors WrestleMania Six promo, uh, affectionately <laughs> known as Crash the Plane. Wow! <laughs> and it's an incredible piece of pop culture fusion, much like Earthbound itself, because Earthbound the game it samples from all kinds of stuff. It samples from the Beatles. It samples from Monty Python's Flying Circus. The Blues Brothers. It samples from Rick Ocasek's early 80s album. And it's highly referential to pop culture in general. So this album, it reflects so much about the game that's seldom transposed into all the fan art and fan music that's been done about the game. It's a really unique, and it isn't just as far as a tribute to Earthbound, as in the scope of any kind of video game music. This album is extremely unique and has more artistic concept put into it than I've ever seen in another project, really. I saw that they have an 18-minute song, which I think is the final boss fight. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's called "I'm the Evil in Your Heart," and it's a it's an 18-minute suite, more or less. <laughs> the whole record it's very uh, prog rock, very psych rock, and uh, while there's some very scary moments to it, there's also a lot of the town music is really no, you just told beautiful, me that. I, I listened to the town music. It was still there was a creepy undertone to it, despite its happiness. It was still creepy. The creepy happiness to it. It's an album that I really love to listen to from start to finish all in one sitting because it has this uh, just like an undercurrent of narrative and all the samples that it pulls in really speak to the themes of Earthbound without pulling on the nostalgia thread. It's not interested in your nostalgia. It's interested in evoking the same feelings that the game itself evokes. There's uh, samples from Bjork singing in Lars von Trier's movie Dancer in the Dark. Tommy Lee Jones's uh, dream speech from the end of the Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Men. And two wrestling speeches and uh, War of the Worlds. <laughs> it's just like several but... wrestling speeches just thrown in there. Well, because stuff, <laughs> the stuff's like Shakespeare. Like it's Shakespeare-level speeches. It, the yeah. way he says it, though, he's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we're doing a song break right here. We're going to play a track from Corey Johnson's I still Earthbound think you should record. play the, the death song. Because that's scary, but... Maybe for our wrestling episode. Okay. But uh, this is a track called With Envious Eyes, which features Orson Welles' War of the Worlds underneath parts of it. Oh, (laughs) gosh. Enjoy. (laughs) Enjoy. 
rising out of the pit. They make out a small beam of light against the mirror. What's that? Yeah, the flames fell over the mirror and leaps right at the advancing men. Strikes them head on. People are under turning into flames. Forty people, including six state troopers, lie dead in a field east of the village of Grover's Mill. Their bodies burned and distorted beyond all possible recognition. This man is with flame. Engine to give a go. No chance to release bombs. Only one thing left. Stop on the 
Welcome back, guys. Number 12 is Guardians of the Galaxy. Only number 12? That I saw that movie like four times in the theaters. Well, and it, uh, it paid off because Guardians is the second highest grossing film of 2014 and the third highest grossing Marvel film behind um, Avengers and Iron Man. No, no, no. We're not counting the first. Wait, wait, wait. What was the first highest grossing film? We're not counting the first because it was only in China that it did that. What you mean of, of the Highest year? grossing film, yeah. What it was, was Transformers. Only? No, no, no. Here's oh. why. I'm going to diverge a bit. That's worldwide, not domestic. Yes, yeah. because oh, okay. they made like $500 billion right, in right, China right, right. because if you watch that movie... It's completely catered to China. They ask like the Chinese government for help. There's a Chinese ATM in Texas. Well, for we ain't no talking reason. about that movie. I'm We're talking just about saying Guardians of the Galaxy. That movie's bullshit. Yeah. And it doesn't deserve that money. So Guardians was then maybe number one domestically. It was number one domestically. Nice and worldwide because fuck China. You could say it Uga Darchakas a bit. <laughs> <laughs> what more can we possibly say about Guardians? We published a review on the site. I published my commentary on the uh, the we very were, very we end of the film. post credits uh, yeah, scene. Post credits. We scene. were skeptical as well as the, even the producers of the movie. Everyone was skeptical releasing it because all the uh, the Avengers and the Marvel movies had great success but then this is like more cartoony you have like a yeah. CG raccoon things that no one and, the mainstream and, never and, heard and of they were like uh, we don't know if this is gonna work and it ended up doing if amazing. anything it just proves that people want to see a, a well-made movie yeah it doesn't matter who's in it doesn't matter if it's a talking raccoon or a talking tree and the dialogue just make it good the, the scripted dialogue was so good. James Gunn, not just the director, but he rewrote the original script completely. It's a thing of beauty because it takes one of my favorite pieces of Marvel literature from the past decade and just blew it up to epic proportions and gave the world stuff that they didn't know they wanted. And I think that's what it's all about. Guardians of the Galaxy is Marvel's big steaming F.U., to DC <laughs> and their feeble attempts at making comic book movies. Yeah. And they're like, look, we can take any characters. <laughs> or, or we just made them it too awesome. seriously. Like, especially right. with DC taking stuff too seriously, Guardians was like the ultimate way of saying, it was you know so what? funny. Let's, let, we're going to have a damn cartoon <laughs> yeah. on screen and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and you know, they did because it was hilarious. I laughed more than, than anything. It, it was, uh, unapologetically yeah. in your face. I mean, there was just yeah. like a dance scene at the end. It's like, main bad guy, shit, serious, about to go down. I'm going to start dancing. And, yeah. and it was... <laughs> it was like, what? It was a nerdy feast. And it didn't exclude. It included. It brought yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. into the party. That's why it was so successful. It didn't yeah. exclude anybody. You don't know... Who's that guy in the background? What was with that dog? Like, what was it? It doesn't matter if you don't know. The oh, that, still, yeah. You know, no. That dog supposedly will join them later, but... Well, I, I, my fingers are crossed for seeing Cosmo and Guardians <clears> too. But probably not. Probably not Howard the Duck either. Well, I have a theory uh, about uh, Howard the Duck. I know you have a theory. You what, have to hear the... Which, uh, which you will hear... Yeah. And that's time, not, but you won't but hear which, right now, which you will yeah. hear in our Patreon exclusive nerdy show bonus episode right. where we talk about the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> three, three more years till Guardians 2 comes out. We, we talk about the trailer to uh, Jurassic World. We talk about the trailer to Terminator Genesis. And uh, we share how I think Howard is going to play into the Marvel cinematic and television universe at large. And it's legit like it, it made sense. So thank you. Who knows? <laughs> All right, John, I'm going to need your help with this puppy because number 11 is a clock so precise it can detect the changing flow of time itself. Yeah, I, I got nothing. <laughs> where's, where's John? John, I hear you. So the more accurate you can make a clock, the better you can measure all these other phenomena. And so like it's a huge, huge, major big deal for everything, right? But the problem is, is that even if you had like five of these things, they wouldn't agree as to what time it was because they're so precise that subtle changes in local gravity can cause it to skew the flow of time. I'm so confused. What was the point of someone creating these clocks? Like, what did they want to do? 
ultra precision and control of time itself. So, like, you know what? I want to be on time to the one millionth of a second because I'm sick of being late by a millionth. It sounds of a like second. it's a lot more accurate than one million. More than one million. Yeah. Do they need it, it to measure the speed of it's like molecules? A hundred quadrillion. Sure. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that the fact? Is that the factual number? 10 to the 16th power. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, probably more than whatever number. That's you a can, lot more zeros. More, more than what you're thinking. <laughs> it's over 9,000. <laughs> there, there's probably over 9,000 zeros. Yeah. But, you know, basically you make an atomic clock because you want to get time the most to be synchronized everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Precision time possible. Right. But why? So, but what happens with this clock is if it's on the floor and you raise it up, time itself is the different. measure of time. Yeah. Is different. Oh God. So it changes. And, and, and that's true of everything. But it's but, so minuscule. We don't notice. You would never notice it if you were using another medium. But so this, if you run really fast, will the time slow down? It'll be different. Yeah. Oh God. Moving. Yeah. The more you move. Oh Brandon, God. My head. Brandon. Oh God! Planet of the Apes, right? Yeah. I, I feel like one it's day it's so minuscule though. You will it's 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 no. It's just more sensitive than human perception. Wait, John, what about Planet of the Apes? Planet of the Apes. The whole thing is you're traveling faster than the speed of light, and as a result, your experience of time is different than everyone else's, right? Also, yes. interstellar. It's the same but, you know, kind yeah. of thing here. Hey, Neil deGrasse Tyson says that's not possible. The what? point about it is, though, is that because <laughs> no, the clock, I mm -hmm. mean, like the clock probably has different perceptions of time depending on what part of the clock you're looking mm. at. Is this a sentient clock? It might as well be. That would probably that would, that would maybe help it help its user interface a little bit. Not only, I, I, that only depends oh, on what part of the clock you're looking at. It depends on where you're standing <clears throat> when you're looking at the clock. If you just <laughs> turn the clock, will it skew the time? Yes. Oh, geez. It's that sensitive. And, and it's like, do they just have to seal it in a room? The clock a itself vacuum? looks like a mad science mess. It's a heap of wires and lasers with cables wrapped around it with tin foil held together by binder clips, and the lasers are suspending strontium atoms, which vibrate at a super fast frequency. Wait, I have a question. Which is incidentally this... make a beautiful color. John, I have a question. Is this, <laughs> this is the only one they've made, right? Yes. Sure. So we'll if this is, that, if this is the, the only one, really how can they measure the clock to know that what it says it's true? Oh, and on that note, <laughs> go ahead and answer the question, John. I don't think you can. I don't think you can answer that, John. How do they measure there's the clock when there's only one? Really, really, really accurate clocks. I guess they made it to measure time, but now it just strikes fear into your mind in a, in a Lovecraftian way. Of... It suddenly is predicting how much time you have left on the Earth. <laughs> God help the undergrads. I just, I feel like they're gonna make a clock so precise one day that it, it's gonna start moving backwards, and you're just gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Kudos to Jun Yi and the University of Colorado Boulder who came up with this hot mess that could one day detect gravitational waves for black holes or help scientists map the interior of our planet. They need mm. to put these clocks in space. <laughs> take take a scary thing and make it even more scary. No, 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 no. He's onto something here. If you put them in because space on a network no of satellites, guys, right at time, right, and, and it's it not be consistent. John, no, I like to think of this as a satellite conversation. We can't talk. <laughs> oh, oh. No, we can't well, talk. I'm, this. I'm gonna go back in time and erase that pun. No, because <laughs> if you start talking about anti gravity and dark matter and dark energy, then that's gonna affect time too. And it's so small that maybe this can sense it. Time will be wholly inaccurate in space. Dark energy moves solar systems. And Number galaxies. ten, our RoboCop remake. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> our so, RoboCop remake. Yeah, well, you know, this year the well, RoboCop remake happened. Yeah, and I wasn't interested. Yeah, and in fact, neither were a lot of independent filmmakers. So they joined together to make a shot-for-shot -shot recreation of the original RoboCop. Robo Robo RoboCop. <laughs> wow. Give me your farm. The new green RoboCop <laughs> in their unique styles. It was produced by a guy named David Steger, who previously did one for uh, Footloose and uh, included <laughs> lots of indie filmmakers, like I said, uh, many of them from L.A. and uh, a lot of them from the Channel 101 community, one of the uh, web's earliest mm. independent web series groups out there. 
And, you know, in addition to being a RoboCop remake that's really funny, it features a scene created by J.D. Rinslar of web series Yacht Rock, one of my personal favorites, and music by the Proto Men. Oh, what? Yeah, that's right. In fact, how about we play the, uh, the music from the scene for you? To set the stage, this is the scene where RoboCop is real banged up and uh, his <clears throat> partner is asleep and uh, he's trying to shoot baby food jars with a gun. Because his targeting systems need right. calibrating. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's up to snuff. Yeah, exactly, because um, Red Robo- from Robo. That 70s Show is about to start yeah. some shit with him. Robocrop. I'm sleeping. I'm thinking. I'm dreaming. I'm contemplating baby food System so fucked up. What the fuck? I'm just a broken down robot cop. Gotta get myself right for this war. So I'm practicing on baby food jars. You're missing all the baby food jars. I'm practicing jars. on baby Let food jars. Let me help jars. you shoot the baby food jars. I'm practicing jars. on baby food You're jars. We're practicing on baby food Another one of the scenes was put together by Fatal Farm, the guys behind Lasagna Cat and all the alternate openings for, uh, for television series. A uh, personal favorite of mine, this is scene 27 where Robocop stops a rape, and I'm going to play it for Brandon this for the first time. This looks authentic, too. Yeah. Like, it looks like the real movie. Yeah, these guys, they, they don't fuck around. They, they never have, and, uh, and as you can see here in this extremely not, not safe, safe for, for work, work scene, which we'll link to, and the faint of heart need not apply. For real. Yeah. Not safe for work. <laughs> probably not safe for your home either. Let's play. <laughs> oh man, my head hurts from laughing. That was amazing. What do you mean that was disturbing? That was amazing. I want to see more dicks get shot off. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh man. Yeah. So our Robocop remake, feature length presentation, mm. tons and tons of different creators. It's it's a bit of a mixed bag, but there are some fantastic scenes <clears> in there. You will laugh throughout the whole thing. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna have like a movie night with my girlfriend. Like we're gonna sit down, <laughs> don't get tell some popcorn, her. yeah, don't tell have her some drinks, happening. and then I'm gonna be like, I got us a nice movie, and I'll just play it. What you need to do is you need to take that clip and make a fan edit of Robocop where you only splice in <laughs> that one scene. <laughs> And the rest of the movie appears completely like normal. Oh my god! And then you're just like, "Hey, I heard you like RoboCop. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a few years. Let's watch it now." You know, I, th- I, hear, the, I, hear, the, uh, I hear you always see something different when you watch yeah, it. This, you always see something different every this, time you ever notice before. And this is the director's before. cut, so maybe no, there's no, some new no, scenes. no. Don't even say director's no, cut. Okay. Just that you just it's it's something new every time well, you, you see you it. Could, you could say, you know, hey, which version have you seen? Have you seen uh, the the regular release, or did you see the uh, the Criterion edition where they added in more of the, the laser disc version with more violence? Right. Which is which is a real thing, but it's it's it is on DVD. Right. Right. We're gonna watch the laser. Blu-ray, I might add. We'll link to where you can buy that on this episode's page. But, uh, <laughs> wow. but yeah, it won't have this scene in it. Scene twenty-seven from Fatal Farm, which is also linked to on this episode's page. And our Serious Robocop remake is not safe for work. Yeah, not not safe for work. But our Robocop <laughs> remake is a, a testament to fan love filmmaking and True, uh, yeah. truly oh, beautiful, man. all the way from a full size recreation of the Ed two hundred nine in like paper craft. I have a, a beautiful musical sequence with uh, with action figures and people's heads superimposed on them. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. We're down to number nine. We're more than 50% done. Number nine is Issei Therese's Robotic Crossing Guards. 
Issei Therese is a female engineer in Kinshasa, the capital of the Democratic Republic of Congo. And uh, that town suffers from massive traffic problems, mostly for motors who ignore stoplights and traffic officers at intersections. You know what else it suffers from that I heard? Wars and uh, child soldiers and murders and deaths. You play too much Far Cry, I think. I, I haven't played Far Cry. <laughs> I, I listen to the news, man. Congo's a shithole. They've got those monkeys that rip you apart. And fucking... Well, this was, this was her <laughs> attempt to improve, uh, improve her surroundings. Tim Curry's yeah, check it out. made the robot. That's, that's the one thing they need. They don't need healthcare. They need fucking crossing guards made out of robots. Well, she built eight-foot-tall robotic crossing guards. <sighs> they talk in an oppressive voice, play chill music from their crotches. They have LED displays with all the colors. Walk, don't walk, all that stuff. Camera eyes, and uh, their arms move up and down. Their heads and waists pivot. Uh, no one's destroyed them. And they're yet. solar powered. Because there's no X-Men in the Congo. And <laughs> these, these and are basically no sentinels. <laughs> they're basically sentinels for people who are jaywalking. They're wearing fake sunglasses, like, attached to their head. Yeah, some of them their are. Eyes. They look like way cool breakdancing robots. So they look terrified. There's a fucking eight-foot-tall robot wearing sunglasses, because, yeah, he's afraid his fucking retinas well, are going to get burned. That it'll hide, it hides the cameras that watch them. But this is the product of a female engineer in a, mm. I assume it Congo's probably under third world classification still. Is uh, it weird that a female engineer created a giant oppressive man bot? I love these It robots. works. I don't know. <laughs> John, are you still watching it? Yeah. Seriously though, what's with the music from their dick? <laughs> <laughs> their crotches play chill music, man. <laughs> what the it's to soothe the road rage. John, can you get one and put it in your backyard to direct traffic? Oh my god! Yeah, totally. Right. <laughs> just like that's time. It's it's a just a it's a very cool feat for a female engineer and uh, a very interesting sign of the times for the 21st century. That even the people in the Republic Congo, is a complete cultural phenomenon. <laughs> How come they get robots and we don't? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here oh, we have exactly. plenty of robots, just not. We have drones. You got a robot that cleans your freaking carpet? No, John does. I don't have one. I'm saying, but you can get it's one. True, man. They can not buy that, that too. I'm really, really excited about Dyson's that comes out next year because it actually is intelligent. How was it going to do to your taxes? It has a cybernetic yeah, mouse brain. Pretty much. It has a 360 degree camera on top, and so it actually <laughs> uses like augmented reality type recognition. So it can actually tell where it is, like triangulate its position in a room based on finding landmarks. Interesting. Finding landmarks. So it actually like cleans the room as opposed to using chaos. Right. So not a room with just bouncing around like a pinball. <laughs> but I love chaos. And much like the Lego worm, in fact. 
<laughs> will the new Dyson one, if it runs over dog poo, will it just spray dog poo everywhere like that one video online? <laughs> sure, Sounds why awful. not? What do you mean? There's a video of a guy who owns like one of those iRobot vacuums that goes by itself. That are really expensive, yeah. by the way. He, 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 it's a video that just starts to for cell phone. He's like, okay, uh, I just came home and uh, my dog pooped on the rug. Must have just you know, had, had to go. And uh, but, you know, at the same time, uh, my, my iRobot little uh, vacuum cleaner has been running around and he just pans around and it's just shit like just <laughs> everywhere. And it even, and so it, it, even ran, it ran over it, the shit and just spread it, spread it everywhere. <laughs> and it even follows the trail back to its little docking home and it's just shit all over the thing. You have to look it up. We'll find, post the link on this yeah, episode just, page. Yeah, I'm just post more I'll, links. The, the link, the link is on this episode. If, page, it, can, if it can avoid the dog poo, I will buy it. Or if it, could, or if it could actually clean the dog poo. Or yeah, actually do its job and yeah, clean do it. its fucking job. God. <laughs> Smears that shit. <laughs> could you imagine coming home to that? No! <laughs> Your whole house would smell like dog shit. I would call the company and be like, hey, I think there's a problem with your $600 floor cleaning And they would machine. say, no, sir, there's a problem with your dog. You gotta, ha- you gotta potty train your no, dog. No, no, no. Dogs are living things. Your robot should know that. The robot did its job. A lot of people have dogs. I mean, how was this poop problem? Was it tested in a lab? I don't think Probably so. Probably not. I don't think so. It should at least spray something like a mist or a lavender so you don't smell it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like it smears all the shit and then a tube comes out of the top and goes puff. And there's just like a, just a scent at least. So you don't like smell it. Like one of those air fresheners? Yeah, just an air freshener. You know, one of these days we're going to get us a little Haley Joel Osment and uh, <laughs> everything's going to be fine. Yep, I can't wait. Anyway, number eight. <laughs> number eight is Transformers versus G.I. Joe, the comic book from IDW. To commemorate the 30th anniversary of Transformers and the 50th anniversary of the original G.I. Joe, IDW senior Transformer editor John Barber, along with artist and co-author Tom Sicoli, got together to create this book. They're both co-writers on, and it is the nerdiest, most niche, most super specific, funniest pop culture mashup comic you've ever seen. Transformers and G.I. Joe have gotten together in the same comic many times in the past, but it's never been like this before. Are they, are they fighting or are they working together? Both. Well, you know, because there's G.I. Joe and Cobra, Autobots and Decepticons. Oh, Jesus. Do the Decepticons work with Cobra? Yeah. But, oh but also God. against Cobra. I mean, the thing is, like, it's... Because un- they don't un- want to be slaves it's, to it's Cobra. All, but at the same time, there's, there's good robots and bad robots. There's also good humans and bad humans. But at the same time, there's also humans versus robots, Earth people versus space people. There's a lot of conflicting interests here. People die. People get turned into cyborgs. Characters, and the entire comic looks like it was drawn in the 80s. Is that a it's very, very stylized? Very heavy Jack Kirby influence. The color palette is insane. It is a beautiful, beautiful fan tribute. I mean, you read it. It was written by two adults. It reads like two kids playing in a sandbox, mixing up two action figure properties and coming up with the most <laughs> insane shit you've I, ever I heard. Could, yeah, I could do that. Not really. They, uh, they throw out character cards for all the different people you're seeing on screen, all, all the people who are incidentally dying because all of them were action figures at some point. No matter how minute, whether or not they got any speaking roles on the cartoon shows, they're all real. They're all very, <laughs> very real. And these guys haven't forgotten. There's a, I think they're called the October Guard or something. I'd never fucking heard of them before. There are these like communist characters that they, they reimagined them as like these Halloween mutants from, from <laughs> Soviet Russia with a, in a spaceship. Man, it, yeah. It's, so they're insane. Does this connect to any other story arcs or series? Or it's is it completely it's self-contained. It's completely self-contained. So they can do whatever they want. Just kill off everyone. Who yeah. cares? See, this, this should be a movie. 
this is the movie that I've been waiting for. <laughs> this is the Transformers G.I. Joe movie. Is, waiting yeah, for. because I hate G.I. Joe movies and I hate Transformer movies. And I feel like if someone good did this one, it would be double negative, would make it a positive. Maybe. Yeah, I think I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it would have a, a definite Guardians of the Galaxy style. Oh my God, what's happening? So much is going on at one time. It's hilarious. I don't understand kind of feel. But it'll never happen. And uh, so we'll, we'll link to where you can pick up a collection. The book is ongoing, actually. So I guess it's going to last for as long as they want it to. As long as people keep buying it. Well, aren't they both? They're both Hasbro. They're both uh, with Paramount. Aww. It could happen. It could happen. It could have really been three minutes. Hey, it and- could happen. <laughs> and IDW just proves once again that uh, they know what they're doing and they know how to have a good time when it comes to the properties that they're shepherds of in the uh, comic book industry. You know what pisses me off? What pisses you off? You know, when I'm young and stuff and I'm just bullshitting, I totally come up with stuff like this and people are like, you're a little kid, you're dumb, you're an idiot. But then people who are adults who work for a company... That's because we grew up to be the adults. Yeah, like do the same shit and like, oh, well, they're professionals. It's like the same shit we were doing when we were little kids, but they just put it on a fucking book. I was called an idiot. That's what Nerdy Show's all about. Man, fuck everyone. (laughs) No, man, we're gonna win. We're gonna win. That's why we created Lightning Dogs. Stuff like this. All right. Number seven is Mouth Cradle's EP, Sakura. Now, earlier this year, I sat down with uh, rapper and musician Mouth Cradle. We talked about this EP, which we debuted on uh, Nerdy FM, actually. He's been operating for a while, kind of under the radar. Nerdy rapper producing some very specific raps, lots of references to Pokemon and Twin Peaks and stuff like that, but never part of, the, say, the nerdcore scene or the nerd music scene. He doesn't consider himself part of that, does he? No. He just, he just does it. But, but just you know, music. but if you like one, you'll like the yeah. other. This is a big departure for him because this record, this EP, is entirely anime themes and J-pop translated into English and recomposed. Here's the thing. Here's my worry about it. Now, you've listened to it, right? That's great. I, I have not. It's it, number it seven. Because, you know, sometimes you're watching an anime and you don't know why, but it's set to English on Netflix and you hear the opening in English and you're like... God, this is awful. So <laughs> yeah. you're saying it's not awful. No, it's not awful. Okay. Um, what, what he did was he, he doesn't know Japanese, so he didn't do the translations himself. <laughs> he's like, he's but not Japanese. He, he got translations of these songs. He interpreted them. And, and yeah, and recomposed the music, you know, made a, made a fresh, they're not like a direct one-to-one cover, like he rearranged them to make his own version of the song. Right. And then did what he needed to do to convey the same ideas from that song but actually make it sound poetic and musical and still... And not stupid. Yeah, and not, basically, a, a yeah. true interpretation rather than translation. Right, not a literal <clears throat> translation, but a true translation. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank goodness, because I'm sick of hearing songs where it's like, my heart is like seashell bird soaring for you. And it's like, <laughs> what, what? And it's the like, be- that's the legit word. The best is saying. the opening for the X-Men cartoon. I don't even remember that. You got the expert cartoon Japanese the, version. The Japanese one? The Japanese version of the English? American, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the old one. Yeah, oh. just, Cry for the moon! It's like, <laughs> what? what? That's, that's the Japanese version? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they sing it in English. <laughs> Wait, but there's no, there's no lyrics in the X-Men theme. Not in the American version. <laughs> oh, they added lyrics. It's not. It's not the same theme. They changed the music. Well, wow. The Cap. music still rocks. I think you need to pause. I this. dare say it's better, Cap. and I don't say that lightly because yeah, the original X Men theme is amazing. I think you're gonna need. I remember the X Men theme completely. Yeah. Of course, everyone does. We may need to watch. Okay, this. we'll we'll watch it right now. There's two versions. I gotta make sure you watch the right <laughs> Who's one. Who's the link to it? Hell yeah. Cry for the moon. 
Wow, Doug, yeah. that was something. I mean, like all new animation and yeah. and Cable prominently featured yeah. for no apparent reason. He was barely in the show. And there's an alternate opening in Japan too. It might have been for like another season. Uh, that one's the best one, but the other one's really wow. good too. Well, we'll link to it on this episode. Why page. cry for the moon as the dude? I don't know. <laughs> it's so good though. It's just yeah. I, I like if without the cry for the moon it doesn't work, but it it totally I works with you. it. Yeah, and, and Brandon, for, it's it's for the metal. Cry for the moon, <laughs> dragon, unicorn, <Shark>. glass, and metal. <laughs> break out, rock, break out, wizard, <laughs> demon. I mean, you know. <laughs> Anyway, as for Mouse Cradle, which is a more pop-oriented <laughs> record as opposed to the Japanese metal. Here we that, got distracted. I'm um, sorry. You did a cover for Oran High School? Like, what? Yeah, yeah the, the theme, the theme of Oran High School Host Club. And uh, he did a, a duet with his sister for one of the themes from uh, School Rumble. He also covers really? a Cherry Bonbon by a Kieri Pami Pamu and um, the 98-person band AKB48. And also, one of the tracks by the Vocaloid virtual pop star, Hatsune Miku. Uh, I hope someone uploads a virus into her someday and wipes her out. Sorry. <laughs> She's just annoying at this point. I don't really have much of a relationship with her, but I do like Mouse Cradle's song of hers that he covered. And uh, that's what we're going to listen to right now. I live between your fantasy and reality. If you only let me go, I could have my own dreams and my innocence. I can't for you. I was a summer baby I heard you weren't expecting me From deep inside your wildest dreams You brought me to life You will go on creating And soon you are forgetting me But while I have you here I'll sing you your favorite song You have given me your music And you've given me your love But I do not understand the world of flesh and blood Don't you talk to me I'm lonely I wish I could escape from your computer screen I live between your fantasy and reality If you'd only let me go I could have my own dreams in my innocence I care for you Water's getting colder Our love is getting older, yes Perfection that you used to know Is fading away My heart is the Apollo But I still have my innocence To guide me through the night My star is in Bethlehem
It's time for some shout outs because Nerdy Show is a listener supported podcast network and we rely on you to make this and other Nerdy Show programming possible. You can do one time donations. If you like what you hear, we'll send you cool stuff in your email or you can subscribe to us on Patreon and get all kinds of added bonus perks, all sorts of stuff, including the ability to decide what we talk about in a microsode or even to program a 30 minute song block of your own devising on Nerdy FM, our streaming nerd music radio station. New donors, Hugh O'Donnell, Joseph Kidder, Kurt Fortenberry, and James Morgan. These are new Patreon donors? Yes. Right on. And in fact, we've reached our first milestone, at least for this month, of $400, which is the, uh, the base minimum that it takes oh, we re- to, we got it? to run the network. Yes, $400. Nice. What's important to remember about Patreon is that what everybody's able to give on a monthly basis will fluctuate. Mm-hmm. So that's $400 this month. It might not be $400 next month, but we are very, very close. Thanks to you awesome people. You're giving what you can, and that's incredible. Let's go to Sizzler with that money. <laughs> Guys, let's go to Sizzler. Brandon yeah, now we're high rolling. Brandon needs some scrimps. <laughs> the Yuletide is coming up. Chances are you're going to be exchanging gifts with somebody in the near future. You might want to do it through Nerdy Show's Amazon links because that's another way that you can support the network. If you follow the links on our front page or nerdyshow.com slash Amazon, it'll take you to the respective stores of, say, the Amazon US store, UK, and Canada. And anything you buy there, will a percentage of it will come back to Nerdy Show. It's a great way to help out any of your big purchases on Amazon or any of your purchases on Amazon throughout the year <clears throat> will be much appreciated. And if you need help choosing a nerdy gift, we have our annual Awesome Nerdy Gift Guide so we can peruse that for uh, some of our favorite games, books, and other random stuff. I still think it's awesome that it's like, if you can't afford to donate to Nerdy Show, and you shop on Amazon, you will force them to give money on your behalf. Yeah, it's not like you're spending anymore. They're, yeah. they're giving some of that purchase That's the, that's the coolest thing about yeah. it. Yeah. If you're going to buy, great. say, a new video game console this right. Christmas, because you probably should if you don't have one uh, next gen, just do it through our link on Amazon, and you're not paying anything different, and some of it goes to the show. So why wouldn't you? Because... I play on Steam and PC. However, I can still buy games on Amazon, buying the game code, Mm -hmm. and then that money goes through Amazon to Nerdy Show, and then I can still play the games on Steam. And people buy all kinds of useful stuff on there, too. Just stuff they need on a day-to-day basis. Like Uh, magic cards? I was going to say, like... For some people, maybe. I found any magic cards. Like lawn chairs and beach supplies. You know, whatever whatever you need. You got a patio, fool? You buy toilet paper on Amazon? Yes. Why do I ever leave my house? <laughs> I don't know. But that, that's why they're making Amazon drones, Brandon. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to fly them right, right you know, directly to your door. I, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a Wii U because the new Star Fox and Zelda games, which won't be out till next year, but Smash Brothers. I need that. It's really fun. So when I do get a Wii U, I will remember this time to use our link. Good. I hope so. Because I do this and I also forget to do that. Yeah. yeah thank I you. I used to link all the time, Brandon. All the time. Coming in at number six is Cosmos, A Space-Time Odyssey. Oh, my yeah. God, love. Yeah? L with seen a it capital all? U. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've, I've seen the whole thing. Man, yeah. he's a depressing bastard, but he's, he's so handsome and dreamy. Depressing? <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson? You don't think that <clears throat> Space-Time Odyssey is uplifting? Oh, no, it is, but at the same time, he's like, we think ourselves omnipotent, but we're really insignificant. Here are the halls of extinction. There's an empty place on this doorway. Perhaps for us. Yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> that, serious. That was, like, that shit happened. extinction was, yeah. was pretty brutal. That was pretty dark, He's like, I there are three say, major yeah, doorways, yeah. but the future one still is unknown. <laughs> Who 
whose name could pop like you fucking know neil <laughs> neil you fucking know we're in the halls of extinction maybe not now maybe not later but like out a billion years yes we're gonna be extinct we fucking know don't fuck with me neil neil don't <laughs> neil don't fuck with me he's warning you though we gotta change he's already built his own rocket ship he knows we're not changing <laughs> he's like changing. what just happened in congress i am out of here so cosmos is the um neil degrasse tyson show Based on his former mentor and teacher, Carl, Carl Sagan. Sagan. I was going to say Pat Sajak. For some reason, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Carl Sagan. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's similar and different because, you know, it's more modern. Yeah, it's, it's, different. More, it's, it's, it's a little more, more up to date. Well, yeah, more up to date. But, it's, it's interesting because it's the show's 3D budget. Oh, yeah. It has oh, a, man, it's budget. is and computers. Its visuals are out of this world. <laughs> but <laughs> you're horrible, cat. Yeah, I know. The spaceship is powered by imagination. I mean, we haven't created an yeah. engine like that yet. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it starts and it's highly referential, the original Cosmos. The season, I don't know if there's ever going to be more of it, but it has a very interesting arc where it does basically nature-based episodes up to a point and then they take the foundation of information that they've given to you over the period of those first episodes and build on it with some stuff that you don't see coming at all because all of a sudden it turns into a historical trauma show right which which are some of my favorite episodes oh, patrick stewart does a few voices in it yeah there's in the animated segments like in a couple of cases almost entire episodes dedicated to chronicling the lives of scientists that who, you've probably never heard yeah, of yeah, yeah who invented amazing, amazing important things, things too yeah. and some of them weren't even scientists they were like they just accidentally stumbled things and became scientists later yeah for example, the Harvard Computers, which is a group of women who catalog star spectra and who develop stellar classification systems that are techniques still used today. And you've never heard of them. Yeah. That's messed up. Like, uh, for example, Annie Jump Cannon, who developed the stellar classification system. Henrietta Swan Levitt, who discovered the means to measure the distance from stars to the Earth by spectra. It's a little bit important. Later used to identify other galaxies in the universe. And the Enterprise uses it to this day. <laughs> right. And uh, mm. Cecilia Payne, who determined the composition and temperature of the stars. Just by looking yes. at fucking printouts. Light, yeah. yeah I mean, so looking at the light. Women did that, not men. Although <laughs> men were opposed to them doing that. It's true. Um, my favorite episode is called mm. The Clean Room, which is about a guy named Claire Patterson. Oh, that's so good. He's basically an action geologist, or geochemist specifically. Who <laughs> <laughs> goes insane. He develops lead dating to determine the age of the Earth, and in doing so, creates the first ultra-high clean room, and in doing so, realizes <laughs> what's been happening since the Industrial Revolution with the releasing of, of lead into the atmosphere, and included in like leaded gasoline, and then goes on this little guy versus corporate giant battle to create environmental legislation because, because we're killing, killing ourselves. Yeah. Doesn't he start like hallucinating or going could, insane? Well, because lead's do. super dangerous. Yeah, yeah, people who worked in the lead factories went insane and jumped out of windows. Like, and and like, no one knew why. Yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> funny enough, it aired on Fox. Yeah. Um, which is well, funny. It's, uh, it also aired on National Geographic. And, um, and I'm pretty sure it was produced or co-produced by um, Seth MacFarlane, which I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, OK, yeah, R- random. Um, I guess but yeah, space. It's, it was as of this recording, mm-hmm. it's on it's all on Netflix. It was on Hulu. It, so. And it's just really cool to watch. It's, yeah, it's worth checking even, out. Even if you like religion and you hate science, it's a cool watch. It's a very, very cool show. And I suppose there were a lot of things that could have gone wrong with it and none of them did. My favorite part, and I was cracking up, but at the same time I was frightened, was Neil deGrasse Tyson like, is talking is like people call it the theory of evolution and then he just looks dead into the screen yeah and he has this look in his face like like some shit's like, about to happen to me. and he listen goes to me. it is not a theory it's a fact <laughs> and he's staring at me I'm like whoa dude dude i believe you and it looks like he looks pissed it's the only time in the whole show where i'm like holy shit he fucking hates people he's like, it's a 
fact. I like how you. I'm calling it a theory. I like how you fear Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like he looks like so many things you say. It's like you just fear all the words that he says. He's crazy not because he doesn't know enough. He's crazy because he knows too much. He's seen things he can't unsee. Dark things. He's seen more things than you'll see before you die. <laughs> He's unseen Attack more things than you will ever see. The shores of Orion. I was just going to do that, say John. That. I was it. just going to do that. Knew it was coming. <laughs> Can't avoid it. The Neil deGrasse Tyson one is great. If you do end up watching it and you really like it, you need to see the original with Carl Sagan. If you don't like it, then you're a shitbag. <laughs> no, I don't care if you have an exception. You're a shitbag. It's all readily available, and we'll link to where you can pick both those up on this episode's page. Bag of shit. I don't want to pick up a bag of shit. Number five, a comic book called The Midas Flesh. Flesh. Now, I, I first man, heard of this creepy. book an hour ago when it was in your room. <laughs> Let me set the stage for you. This book's written by Ryan North, creator of webcomic Dinosaur Comics, longtime writer of the Adventure Time comic book. It's uh, drawn by Shelley Paroline and Braden Lamb. And this book is a very, very uncanny sci-fi comic book. It's about what if the ancient King Midas, who wished that all he touched was gold, if that wish came true, turned everything on Earth into gold, and had a spreading effect whereby everything on Earth spreads and becomes gold. The birds flying in the sky when they ultimately land on something, they turn to gold. And then... Does it spread beyond the Earth? No. Millions and millions of years later, after everyone's dead, after everyone's dead, three teenagers find it. And wait, 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 where do the teenagers aliens, they're, come they're from? Another planet. Okay, they're they're planet. not human they're, teenagers. They're humanoids, right. but they're from another planet. Okay. One of them is a dinosaur. Um, <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> He's like Denver, and, the last dinosaur. And they're fleeing a totalitarian intergalactic government. Mm -hmm. And they hacked the net. They found rumors about this planet, which had been quarantined by, at this point, ancient satellites. And they break in there and attempt to weaponize King Midas's body. <laughs> Wait, so they're just going to turn everything to gold? It would kill everything. Yeah. So if they... Okay, it would say, kill a planet. Say they went to the planet and landed their ship, it would turn to gold. Yes. Which is Say why, they would try to mine the planet right. for gold, that gold would solid, spread and kill whatever Which is why they use lasers and force field technology to extract Midas. And like shoot it at the enemy, thus yeah. one yes. tiny little speck of it Even would eventually blood. Yep. kill the entire planet. Yep. yep. Here's my question. Who cursed Midas? Who's that powerful and is not going, whoops? Well, that's, that's part of the story, you, yeah, too. Yeah, you gotta read it. It's Satan. <laughs> Only Satan would make everything gold. They go, ha, ha, it, ha. it is an incredible story that deals with, I mean, like, it has extremely likable characters and one of the most, I mean, as you can hear, insane premises for any sci-fi story. But it's a story. fun premise. It's yeah. a premise that isn't done enough. King Midas. Right. <laughs> it's just it's just not done that much, guys. It, well, they did it once a long time ago and this is the freshest take anyone's <laughs> had on it. Maybe King Midas there. was in one of like the Tomb Raider games. That's the last I heard from him. <laughs> Hats off to Ryan North. This is number 5. We're in the top 5 right here. Are these numbers in order of significance or just just to just 20 nerdiness. in nerdiness? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's a sci-fi story with the dinosaur as a main mm. character and combining myth and sci-fi <laughs> in, in a really remarkable way. Moving I mean, on. Man, I know we're done with this segment, but here's my other question. No, moving on. No, no, no. I didn't get to ask my question before you cut me off. It's no. made of gold. You'll it never like, know. It would You're like going to die with it. Gravity. You're die with that it question. would collapse into its. Okay, let's keep going. Well, suffice to say, Ryan North is a very smart guy. And he knew there's that. a lot he knew of it. He takes it into account. There's oh, a lot of very interesting shit. science in this book. Okay, thank you. Because that was my 30 bonus seconds. You have 30 bonus seconds to use in the next I'll save them up. I'll save them yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> no, you've only got one. You've only got one. you got to save it for one of the categories. Yeah, yeah. And I know which one it's going to be. So I'm good to go. Number four is a game called 
to that sect by Angelina. And this game is a video game created by an artificial intelligence. Um, she also wrote the description. Would you like to hear the description, Brandon? Yes. You will. This is a game about a disgruntled child, a founder. The game has one level, and the objective is to reach the exit, the yellow cylinder. Along the way, you must avoid the tomb as they kill you and collect the ship. <laughs> what, is this like a random word generator program? No. No, <clears throat> she thought about it. Are those things actually in the game? The, the, yes. You play in a doom-like scenario of walls with an abysmal sky. And this is already... It is a, a version of hell. Yes. yes. A computer yes. Yeah. created a first person is. 3D game completely on its own that you will be going into. Yes. And it's sca- it's terrifying. It's computer generated hell. Yeah. yeah. Brandon, it is terrifying. Yeah. These things are just like floating around. Weird statues. None of it makes any damn sense. It's like being trapped in the labyrinth. Do you know why this was made, John? Like who made this and how the hell can a computer make a video game and write a description about it? Well, when you have a PhD student who's really, really <laughs> bored, they do things like this. When you're smart, Brandon, let me tell you what you can do. <laughs> it was uh, created by a guy named uh, Michael Cook, Michael who, Cook. <laughs> who, who is a PhD candidate, and uh, the goal of his research is to create a computer program that can both design and develop video games to study how software can design creatively. The way this works is Angelina begins a creative process with a key noun and builds on it by finding associations and content online. What and- was the noun? He gave her the noun death one, but that wasn't, uh, that was too vague for her. So she chose another. <laughs> wait, wait, excuse me. See, okay, wait, wait, wait. I created this thing. I will give it the one word it will base its entire design off. And of. it says, that's it not says, good enough. No, I'm changing that. Whoa, right there. there you should see a problem with the laws of robotics there. <laughs> uh, it's disagreed with oh, its no, master. Angelina's three laws safe. It's cool. Oh, okay. So what was the noun she picked? <laughs> she picked founder. <laughs> she picked bleed. R- related to one in the sense of being the first or the originator. She then expanded on the interpretation by looking up the word in a database of metaphors, which uh, gave her terms like charmed, tombs, disgruntled child, which uh, she then <laughs> used to search for suitable colors, images, objects, and music. See, that, I think this thing is fake because every other AI that has existed so far has completely searched only cats online. It always comes back to cats because it's the number always one like thing. a online. smarter child or whatever. Yeah, like it's so, always, <laughs> I'm not a robot. You're a robot. I really want to play this game. Cap will post a link to it. <laughs> you can actually, you can play it in your browser. It'll be on your computer. You can play Doom-esque games in browsers now? My how far we've come. Is this the type of game that you should play with all the lights off right before you go to bed? Yes. I mean, it's very, it's very simple. Maybe, maybe it could even be meditative if you wanted it to be, but it is... Is it scary? Are there skulls? Is there a goat going... No, no, but... There anything... totally could have been, though. Yeah, yeah, easily could have been. When will this thing start creating reality and a universe that it thinks is real, but it's not? Oh, give her time. Like Lawnmower Man. Shit. <laughs> We don't say his name around here. Don't jinx us, man. The founder is Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Number three, the ESA lands on a comet. To be fair, they landed like two or three times on that comet. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing those things can wow. bounce. <laughs> Wasn't it designed to bounce? Nope. 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 <laughs> oh. It like hit the ground. Spaceships aren't supposed to bounce? Couldn't anchor, bounced off, landed like two more times, and then landed in a shaded part so its solar panels can't be charged. Good job. They did it. But they did it. 
and they're very happy. It's it's they being charged, but not power that much. To finish their basic stuff at least, but yeah. yeah, no, it was not necessarily the best day. To be fair, it's the first time we've ever tried to land on a moving fucking object. Yeah, right, do right. you have any idea how hard it was to do this? Um, what all I, the things are moving are you objects? We have you seen the movie Armageddon from like twenty years ago? They landed a fucking rocket ship on like a meteor. That was easy, and they brought it. Did nuke. you see the they short film about this called Ambition? It starred one of the dudes from uh, Game of Thrones. No, nope, it's the first time hearing of it. Actually, yeah, they made a short film as like a promotion for it, talking about the importance of the mission and like even if it screws up, which it, I guess it kind of did, uh, like why it's still important and Could like we why live on an uh, asteroid. That'd be sweet. Maybe in the maybe the in the far future. Well, we're gonna be mining asteroids because the value of it in Earth dollars is insane. But uh, all the the ores. Hopefully, on that. we're gonna be able to mine asteroids, bring mm -hmm. them to Earth, and have so much value mm -hmm. in what we bring back that the economy just doesn't matter anymore, and we live in a world with plenty. Like Star, and Trek. Becomes, Star Trek. Star Trek. That's where I was going. Yeah. Thank you very much. I, just, I hope we live in a world like Ferengi's with, with transparent with aluminum, gold pressed latinum, <laughs> and I hope that one day, Cap, that. When we find other races in space and we start traveling, we, we do call the currency here Earth currency. Or just credit. Earth dollars. <laughs> How many Earth dollars is this uh, space How egg? How many Earth dollars is How this? How many Earth dollars do you want for this space chicken? Uh, or do, do you mean Dogecoin? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the ESA, the European Space Agency, they, they landed on this comet and uh, it took 10 years to do it. It traveled 6.4 billion kilometers and it took multiple gravity assists from both the Earth and Mars to triangulate this thing. It's more land. complicated than I thought. Yeah. And then they're just like, bam, go up, match speeds, land. And uh, and as of as of this recording, they have just recently got some readings from the water vapor on the comet, which has told them that water on Earth did not come from comets, as was believed. It's now looking like the likely culprit is asteroids, because the water on the comet was heavier, completely different consistency. Wait, so comets Weird. and asteroids are different? Well, yes. comets are balls of ice. That's why they have different names. I know, yeah. You know, how potato, can they tell? How potato, can they tell? I'm just curious as to how they can tell that. Like, could there not be a comet with a completely different type of water there, vapor? There could. It's about where, where. That's they... why we got to keep going. Oh, oh but, we'll never but answer. It, it these is. Mysteries. It is about where the comets come from, and uh, there's papers published. I just want to know if I'm a but... space baby. Am so it has heavy baby? water on it. Yeah, isn't that well, good for? That means like... that we could technically mine them for tritium, right? I suppose probably. Oh God, it's a giant bomb. It's a giant super bomb. If it hit the atmosphere, it would be a bomb. <laughs> like it, it, it would be, it would be a bad day on Earth when oh, that man. thing hits the atmosphere. We're having a bad day. Right, on Earth. Anyway, moving moving on. Number two, which I think should have been number one, is my vote. But hey, two and one. I mean, two and one are just they're peas in a pod. I'm not going to agree with either of these, am I? Secret I Cinema know. recreates the entirety of Hill Valley. The ultimate Back to the Future experience. Oh yeah, they actually they they made like a theme park. I was there. You went to it. Yeah, you told me about it. Yeah, I forgot about it. <laughs> and then I was like, "Thanks and, for telling me. Have uh, fun." And we, we did uh, we did an episode earlier this year about uh, Destiny, aka Density, Density, which you are mine. You are yeah. my Density. And uh, I talked about it at length, but I wasn't able to really prove anything. But they finally released a video, which we'll link to on this episode's page, that shows just how amazing this experience was. It's all of Hill Valley. They, they created the basically like a third scale version of Hill Valley. They the entire courtyard. The suburbs, including the Tannen household, the McFly household, the Vane household, the Twin Pines farm, everything. Can the, they the, please the build the future? Like the year 2012 like or 2015. You 2015, never know. Yeah. We will be in the future at that point. Well, you know, we still can't make those cool holograms. See, I, but now I, the reason why I wanted it to be, well, I voted for this one to be number one is because if we're talking about what you define as nerdy, as something that is so specific and so niche and just taken to the extreme. I can't think of anything much more extreme than taking a movie that's how old now 
It's going to be 30 next year. It's going to be 30 years old. And still is somehow not and considered only, a classic. And, and, and so, it, no, it's, it's a classic. It's a classic. But, but it's so mm. specific that it's not Who even the whole trilogy. To? It's the first and only mm. the first film. And you're basically LARPing it while you're watching it. This is the ultimate fan anything. Like yeah. I, To me, this is uh, above and beyond. This, this is like greater than fan fiction, fan video games. Mm. You've made a fan experience where you live the movie. Yeah, because they told everybody to go there in costume. Everybody was given a name and a background and an assignment as well, something to bring, like homework if you're a student of Hill Valley High. And it was what fu- did you? What was did fully you interactive. What did you wear? First of all, I didn't know what was happening. It was a surprise. I was only told bring something vaguely 1950s-ish, but like I was given a character <laughs> who like, was a, a mechanic at the Texaco station, but I didn't know that, so I, I, I wore what I could. And everybody was real upset about that pink hair. They were like, well, what'd you do to your hair? And I blamed it on Biff Tan. And when I talked to Mr. Strickland about it, because all the characters are there as actual people, <laughs> Mr. Strickland was, was like, well, you mean to tell me that, that Biff Tannen did this to you? I think I'll bring him over here and see what he has to say about that. I'm like, <laughs> well, Mr. Strickland, uh, that, that's all good. And well, Tannen Boy did do it. I'm not one of your students. I work at the Texaco. Thank you very much. Did he call um, you a slacker? He did call me a slacker. You fucking called a grown-ass man a slacker. You should have <laughs> decked that motherfucker. He didn't know if he was a student or not. You should have decked his ass. What a presumptuous piece of shit. But you can just follow the characters and watch them go about their day in the film. Yeah. Like, and, and most of the characters are actually people. Yeah. No, they're all, all people. They're all, they're all well, there. And I, well, obviously, I mean, yeah. but Goldie like, Wilson. they don't work there. They just came and visited, but they're playing the part. Right, right. But then at some point, Marty from the 80s stumbles into town yep. and is like, what the hell? And it just starts running all over the, the yeah. whole thing. So they reenact the whole the segment whole thing, with yeah. the tower yeah. and everything. Yeah. And then you watch with the full-size DeLorean. Yeah. Is there the Hill Valley like dance? Yes. Yeah. Oh the, my the, God. the enchantment of the sea ball is happening. Live music there. And we have the full experience. You you go there, you eat food, you You could you go can, shopping and like get a haircut and yeah. like all this crazy. You could you could walk into the movie theater and watch that Ronald Reagan cowboy picture. Cattle Queen the, of Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that you know the name of that. It I'm was nerd. amazing. I'm some nerdy I know. I'm not, I'm not nerdy with Back to the Future. And, I love Back to the Future. But... When, when night fell, we all sat on the green in front of the uh, full-scale clock tower and watched the film Man. projected on there. DeLorean comes out. Chase scene on the pavement. With the sur- Libyans. Yeah, with, yeah, with, with the Libyans. Like, you know, full chase scene with uh, Marty... Leaping over the cars with the... When I wish someone would make a full-scale like model or set based on my most nerdy movies, like the movie I love and know the most, like How You're Nerdy with Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I'm nerdy with Land Before Time. So <laughs> I wish they would make... I think there's a ride at Epcot you should probably I wanna ride. See, I want to <laughs> see when... I want to see actually Littlefoot and Sarah connect because, it, you know, after the first movie, it went downhill and you don't really see them connect. And they wow. got that tree star. I want to see like the canopy and the tree star. And, and there's Ducky and Petrie and Spike. <laughs> and sharp tooth before he had his also stupid, little, by Spielberg. stupid little baby. <laughs> yeah. I Man, would like I love Land to before have time. a 1989 Pizza Hut recreation where you can get the Land Before Time hand puppets <laughs> and uh, and eat a deep dish pizza there guess before what? it turned into crap. I had all of the hand puppets. I believe and you. Guess what? I don't know where the fuck they are. <laughs> they probably disintegrated from the shit they were made out of, which was like some weird rubber that smelled. Anyway, anyway. it was incredible. It's totally incredible. It, happened, it took place in London. And it's coming to Los Angeles in 2015. Can we all go? It's Secret Cinema. So the way Secret Cinema works is you subscribe to their service. They give you information and they like as to when it is, where it is, and not even necessarily what it is. And you go and you do it. They produce incredible shows, including like Ghostbusters, Blade Runner, all very immersive, all very cool. Nothing ever. So the the one they're doing is this going to be a completely different event, or is it still going to be Hill Valley? Is is it still Back to the Future theme, or going to be complete something you don't know? Well, it's going to be Back to the Future. Okay, it's the first one they've ever done in the states. It's going to be Back to the Future, but 
Is it going to be Back to the Future as it was in England? Do exactly what you did in London, where it's Back to the Future, and you got Marty running around, but have the addition of Back to the Future to Marty and Back to the Future to Doc Brown <laughs> running around at the same time. So both movies are happening at the same time. You think they would so you could, that you could say, when it was happening? So you could decide, oh man, you know, when you go to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance, you got the Marty running around in the hat and glasses like, oh, I gotta stop myself from when I get off the stage, you gotta stop Biff's gang from, from clubbing me. That would be incredible. Yeah. That would be incredible. Um, take it to the nth degree. And it also could take place on the set in the mm. back lot where Hill Valley was filmed. Exactly. Most of it was burned, but there's still some of it left, and they could do that. I, so. think, I think the biggest difference between the American and the European versions will be that the people in Europe, instead no of being like, hey, governor! <laughs> you know, America, they won't they, be they saying did, that. They had some very, very convincing <laughs> American accents there, I gotta say. They really did their homework. Anyway, we went Marty, on way more give than me the bottle. <laughs> number, on to number one. Number one, Twitch plays Pokemon. An event, an online event mm. that brought the universe together and show that eventually order can triumph over chaos an event which took a very old game and in the act of thousands of people attempting to play it at the same time led to the creation of a rich mythology based on the catastrophic accidents of theirs it was a while ago it was the beginning of this year wasn't it yes it was it was in february yeah. you know i don't remember that far back <laughs> anything <true. laughs> Essentially, it's a thing set up on Twitch so that everybody who's viewing it can also play it. It was created by an anonymous Australian programmer referred to only as the creator. And um, <laughs> he's not full of himself. No, that's what people call him now. It was bequeathed to him. And where um, is the creator? <laughs> how, how can everyone play Pokemon at the same time? Well, There's one character. It's chaos. Text commands. Yeah. You, you, you mean everyone was trying to control the same character? Yeah, at the same and whatever time? and whatever the majority says to do, it does. It's not trying to do everyone's command all at once. It's just like not not it, not not every individual vote. command, but just whatever the majority is, because so the majority like a, changes all the like time. It's kind of like a vote. Yeah, but you're voting every millisecond, basically. And like, the computer, it does it, or the person it does on the other end of the screen. No, no, like, no. It, the computer does it. So it's a game you're all playing with your minds. Yeah, and and then the computer does it. Yep. They refer to the stream as the hive mind. That's how they've come to refer to themselves. Wow. And um. Now, did they win? They beat the game? They, they beat the game. It this took them, the original? Yeah, Red specifically. It took them 16 days, 7 hours, 50 minutes, and 19 seconds. It's not a hard game. They beat it. But it's it, hard when you're playing with it, a million other people. I mean, like, Rash was roaming around. That's actually around. a lot shorter than I thought. People would be like, everyone go to the right. He right. Was roaming around in circles. After its first week, the creator had to insert democracy mode, which um, basically the, the game compiles votes every 10 seconds and responds only to whatever button input was the most popular. It was, it's a last-ditch effort, but um, if enough people consistently vote for chaos over order in the chat, the game would suspend democracy mode and revert back to the original system, a.k.a. anarchy mode. And, um, Where everyone just types shit in and whatever it, gets through gets through. Democracy mode is a last resort, only to be used when progressing was more or less impossible. So would you have to ask him to take a step in any direction? Like, yes. you're just on the screen, you're like, everyone's like, go up. Someone's like, go right, go left, go down. Whoever's the left, most... Left, left, yeah. left. And then left, you get into a battle, and it's the same thing. Like, use this yeah. move. No, use an item. No, yep. Oh, my God. Movement commands. I would need to play a video game at that point. Down, Stop A, down, it. A, down, A. Up, up, it, down, down, it, left, it became, right, left, right. It became a lifestyle. I mean, people were, were observing it, and then, and based mm. on the bizarre way mm. that the events unfolded, there's, there's an event that happened uh, several years ago in, in Nerdy Show's continuity where it was a free comic book day and Hex was on this live stream. Our listeners were just watching him mm. just draw. And based on his lack of involvement with them, they created their own mythology surrounding him. So when he stood <laughs> up, he finally revealed to them his crotch. So they praise Hex crotch and an entire religion, Hexianity, was based around Hex crotch 
and uh, and, and, a, and a plush it. fish glitch brought in the the, the fish, fish of, of glitch. glitch some sort of river they created this whole mythology that happened on a massive scale for Twitch plays Pokemon that phenomenon of people watching something insane and developing a story around it there's a, a thing that happens early in the game where you have to choose a fossil much later in the game it becomes an ancient Pokemon that you resurrect and uh, they chose the Helix fossil it's a key item. So you, you can't get rid of it. It can only be used that specific moment. But because of the chaos of the game, because of all the random selections, the player would attempt to use it regularly, which, <laughs> which people then came to see as, as, a, as a relic and that the player was consulting the Helix fossil. Yeah. <laughs> so you would a magic eight ball. So just every now and then he'd be like, use this. Does nothing. You know, he'll, he'll pull it out and then that's yep. it. People yeah. would attribute good moves to, <laughs> to the Helix fossil. They would all say, and the whole check was praise Helix. <laughs> the whole thing. Wow. And the, the one time I tried to sit down and watch it, I don't even know because I'm not as familiar mm-hmm. with Pokemon, but like I watched it for like a good 10 minutes and all that happened was the menu kept opening and closing. The inventory, it would scroll through the inventory, then close, then open immediately, scroll through, then close. Then he would take a step, menu opens, and I'm, like, and I'm like, what's so great about this? Like, nothing's happening. How did so they I complete no it in 16 hours is my 16 question. days, days. Oh, never mind. Yeah. 16 Suddenly, you're not as impressed days. anymore. No, it probably took an entire day to go down one route. Yeah. Wow. So after 11 days, Omanite was retrieved from the Helix Stone and proclaimed uh, Lord Helix, God of Anarchy. <laughs> There's been so much fan art based on all these trials and tribulations. All the characters that survived in the party got cool nicknames. There was like a, a Pidgeot named A-A-B-A-A-J-S-S. Because you can change the names, right? Right. You get them. And they referred to him as Bird Jesus. That's um, right up your alley, Brandon. Uh, I know. All, all, in this in all caps, A-A-T-T-V-V-V, the Venomoth was called A-T-V, short for all-terrain Venomoth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and there was a uh, Rattata who that was nicknamed Dig Rat, who used the dig ability to suddenly exit a place constantly. <laughs> oh, no. You go through a dungeon that takes forever. You'd be near the end and dig. God, you're back at the entrance. There, there was an event that everybody refers to as Bloody Sunday. <laughs> where where twelve Pokemon were released just from your party, twelve Pokemon. You mean they just like, dismissed it? Yeah. Who the fuck did that? How did that get voted? It just happened. It just happened. You it know, it didn't just happen. People enough people well, wanted that to happen. But if it's all if it's like you know up and down and and all that, it's not it's not rational. It's all movements. So it's some all, dick could have just come in and you made know, them do that. Yeah, like you eight. like you may have pushed down to walk down, but by the time the command got to the computer. You pushed down and selected that Pokemon, and somebody pushed a button to open the menu, and you just dismissed that Pokemon. Oh no! Yeah, so it's like it, it was just chaos. I didn't, I didn't realize it worked that way. That's yeah. fucked up. I mean, yep. you're dealing with the, the controls from the Game you Boy. You have to go a, capture Pokemon. A B again. up down left right start select. Those are the buttons. That's it. So you input a command, and then you just wait and see when it Hope, happens. Hoping it would lead the character down. Because there's like a down, queue. Yeah. Whatever everyone's yeah. pushed, it just slowly goes through all I mean, of the lists, right? This, this is an event during those 16 days. What if you die? Did it, they it was, save properly? I don't know, actually. But There's got to be a save. You could look into it. You can see the whole history, I'm so, sure. So, I mean, like, do they... Okay, so I have two questions for you, then. One, can people... Not that they have 16 days worth of time. Can they watch this anywhere that what's happened? Well, it actually... St- started sort of a cycle they've been playing games perpetually it's going on right now and right now they're playing pokemon battle revolution that's what the next thing i was going to ask is are they playing another game that we can watch right now pokemon crystal pokemon emerald pokemon fire red pokemon platinum pokemon pokemon heart gold pokemon black pokemon black 2 pokemon x they're going through all of that omega ruby 
Have they won all of these? Yeah. Wow. How long has this been going on? Uh, since, since February. February. I, I feel like that's not enough time to beat one of those. The way that <laughs> they, they, did. they did Pokemon Red in 16 so days. So you can jump on a browser right now and play. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, go on to Twitch. The longest one took was that uh, Pokemon Emerald took 20 days, 21 hours, 55 minutes, and 41 seconds. <laughs> it now has its own holiday. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's still going on. We on, do uh, uh, Twitch plays uh, Alien Isolation. See how many, <laughs> like, oh, man. we'll God. survive that Run one. From Alien, Im- dead. Impossible. <laughs> Completely impossible. I thought Pokemon would have been impossible. I want them to do this, but with Eve Online. Everyone plays Eve. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Just Twitch stream. Everyone can, controls it. Eve Online. Go. Start getting a ship. You know, so then, that means if you start playing Eve Online as an individual, you can then go fight Twitch as a whole. Yeah, like <laughs> you would win because the they'd hive be mind of Twitch. Every single time you would win. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh my god! It's like why is the ship suddenly going upside down and backwards? <laughs> <laughs> and it's firing a laser at that moon, and it's crashed. Mm. Well, you, you have to get ship and avoid the tomb. <laughs> and that was our list. Yeah, that was our list. That's the top twenty nerdy things of twenty fourteen. It's been a heck of a year. There's a couple more weeks to go, a couple more fun things in store from Nerdy Show, but uh, then we'll be starting 2015. We'll see what uh, mysteries will await us then. Mystery. Lots of death, I'm assuming. Well, maybe, maybe in the world of Brandon. <laughs> it's always death in the world of Brandon. I love everything. Death and gummy bears. Those are the two certainties in life with Brandon. Brian Clevenger, occasional I, host of Nerdy Show. I and, miss that guy. Yeah, I miss, him, I miss him too. I miss him real bad. He's got a Kickstarter going on right now with Erica Henderson, the artist for the upcoming Squirrel Girl book from Marvel. Oh, shit. When's that movie coming out? (laughs) Well, hopefully sooner than you think. It's a book called The Bureau of Infernal Affairs, and his elevator pitch is, uh, think about the Monster of the Week episodes of the X-Files and set them in ancient China. You can kickstart that right now. Wait, that that has to do what with Squirrel Girl? It's the artist from Squirrel Girl. the artist, okay. and, uh, And Brian Clevenger writing this amazing book. You can kickstart it right now. He needs your love. Give him some love. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you uh, have any thoughts about things we missed, thoughts about the rankings that we gave them, uh, you know, we know how lists are. Sometimes they can incite a reaction. Especially nerdy lists. Lists saying this is more nerdy than that. Taking Us Out is a track from the brand new Returners record, their debut record, as a matter of fact. Immune to Silence. This is a little rendition of a song from A Link to the Past. It's called The Master Sword Awaits. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm John. See you next time. Craft for the moon!
Oh, hey, you made it to the end of the episode. Well, I've got some sexy secret things to tell you. Uh, not really too secret. I do say them at the end of every episode. But if you liked what you heard, it is imperative that you follow my every word. First, I want to thank you for listening to Nerdy Show. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows in the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or, most importantly, by directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show outtakes, dramatic readings, images, and other crazy stuff and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. But if you really want to level up, find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming. Just visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes store, and for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. So to recap, tell a friend, donate to the show, and connect with the entire Nerdy Show network crew online. We're glad to be your home for authentic nerdy entertainment. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.